You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Got a little video game movie talk here on the Mad About Movies podcast this week for our chosen movie of the week. Welcome back, ma'am fam. Kent here, along with my co-hosts, Richard and Brian. How are we doing, What's guys? What's up? It's been a while since we've last talked video games, movies, because uh, I think... The last time was the Detective Pikachu movie last year, and then before that was Rampage with Dwayne the Rockman Johnson. Rock the Dwayne Johnson, as I like to call him. And uh, yeah, this this is I certainly a, a movie. That movie entirely. <laughs> yes. <It's> How? <laughs> but I have the weekly screenings, and you never <laughs> respond to my. You forgot articles. about Rampage, Sorry. Brian? What? I apologize, guys. I blocked your emails. Um, <laughs> because of this this here thing and so wow. just slip my mind slip my mind i'll be better though i won't won't let that happen again and you guys without me i remember talked about the tomb raider movie when i was out of town and yeah. seemed to enjoy that one the alicia vikander we were the only ones <laughs> we were the yeah. only ones that liked that movie yeah i mean i didn't like like it but i mean it was right. fun. It, it was, was better than mm. it was kind of dismissed did i see it was getting a sequel it is yeah is yeah. it really? It did, it it did well enough overseas? money. Yeah, it did enough money. Okay. And it wasn't that expensive to make, if I remember correctly. It was well, like she's awesome, a reasonable so. amount of money. Yeah, More she's movies awesome. she's in, I'm on board. I was... Uh, Man from Uncle popped up the other day, oh, and I yeah. hadn't seen that since theaters, and I, I've just... It, that was like one of those, like, that was fine. And then I just kind of forgot about it, and I caught 10 minutes of it, and she's in that, and I'd, I'd forgotten she was in it, and I was yeah. just like, man, she's... So good. She's yeah. so good. I mean, she's she's on screen with, I mean, Cable and, and uh, oh, what's his name? Winklevoss guy. Uh, now I've completely, who's the other guy? Uh, uh, Army Hammer. Army Hammer, yeah. I mean, they're both just, I don't know that they're, either one of them are great actors, but they're beautiful people and yeah, they have a they're ton big of dudes. charisma. They have a lot of presence. Yeah. You know, they're big and Hulking totally. people. And, and she's just like, yeah, I got it. It's fine. I mean, she's yeah. really good in that. Um, and Jared like, Harris, like that's a cool movie. Actually. Yeah, it is. We kind of underrated. That one, remember? We were all out yeah. on that. And it was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm all in on all things Alicia Vikander. I feel like I would have probably bet the farm that she'd be the biggest movie star. I know. Like she'd be Margot Robbie level. But yeah, not hasn't got there yet. But I think she still has the potential to. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was another. She's got Green Knight. I mean, that's going to make at least 500 to a billion mm. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> so. between there i think you're right mm-hmm, you're yeah. dead on right. you're absolutely dead on right and uh yeah so i was trying to look at the old box office mojo before we're getting on here to talk sonic the hedgehog uh, at the at the video game adaptation rankings but you've got to be a imdb pro membership member to see that list now so that's good oh my gosh i can't even see the the uh box office mojo things that yeah you know have information on them anymore it's annoying we probably should at this point invest in that between the you know you know charge that to the podcast and get it for all of us because it is a valuable resource but it it's not the same as like i don't know 
I don't want to get too far into the weeds. I'm full in on the numbers.com. I'm a numbers head. Yeah, just yeah, number we'll nation. Pull that on the numbers, the uh, all-time video game adaptation uh, rankings. I will give me I think this had the biggest opening weekend. It slightly beat out uh, Pikachu, which had 60 million, and this had 70 million? 60, let's see. Well, including Monday, it's made 70 million to date. Including including mm-hmm. President's Day, and so yeah, domestically it's done done very well. Seventy million domestically and internationally, it's done forty three million, and worldwide it's already made one hundred and thirteen million, which is surprising to me. Let's just start there. Never so f- all, so go all time on video games adjusted for ticket price inflation, or or we can just go. Total gross. Um, let's do total gross. It looks like we've got, yeah. I mean, this is total gross for ticket price inflation. Though it goes Tomb Raider, Pokemon the first movie, and then Mortal Kombat. Mm. Whatever <laughs> nice. reason they do that, but uh, but why wouldn't let me sort this? But, They're making another a new Mortal Kombat right now reboot. Yeah. Next year, I think, mm-hmm. is when that's supposed to hit. That's going to be big, I feel like. That's going to be Remember there was that one that was like really viral feels. for a while? That was like a... Fan, fan thing? Yeah, or it was like independently produced. It was like three minutes long or something. That was mm-hmm. like a big deal. I don't know. I want to say like eight or nine years ago, and it kind of just went mm-hmm. nowhere. Remember the fan-produced Power Rangers with James Vanderbeek? That was awesome. Yeah. And it was... Like ten minutes long, it was mm-hmm. ten times better than the actual Power Rangers. <laughs> they movie. were gonna do eight of those movies, guys. They had they had eight movies planned for that Power Rangers movie. Are you serious? I think that's what? what it was. Either I mean, it was a huge. It was seven or eight. It was like we have plans for a seven part franchise, mm-hmm. um, and then they made that. Movie Naomi, first. what's her name? Is the only yeah good thing She's to come good. out of that. But she saw it. Elizabeth Banks parlayed that. Rita Repulsa money, yeah. Yeah. A little Goldar money. So, yeah, of all the you things... You got that Goldar money. Yeah, Bill Hader was in that, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, he played... He was a voice. It was a alpha. Know. He was Alpha yeah. 5. And Brian Cranston was Zordon, remember? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, right. a, that's worse. That's definitely worse than, than Hader. No, it's not worse than uh, Trumbo. <laughs> <laughs> It's an important story. They, no, Trumbo's movie poster. Nothing's worse than that. Yeah, <laughs> the movie poster is is among the worst movie posters of all that time. That movie got yeah. brought up a few times uh, when, sadly, uh, when Kirk Douglas died because he was such a big part of that. You know, blacklisting, getting those guys back into it, and mm-hmm. the whole Spartacus metaphor and all that. And and Trumbo wrote Spartacus too, right? And uh, so they were brought. They're like, well, you can see a lot of this in the. Uh, in the great Brian Cranston movie Trumbo, where the guy that plays Kirk Douglas is spinning image, I'm like, yeah, no, don't actually watch that movie. Right. It's a great idea. The the concept of that movie is so yeah. much better than the movie. Just yeah. imagine what that movie 100%. could be in your head right. and just yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. That's one that I thought was going to be huge because Cranston was just like Breaking Bad had just yeah. ended, and I remember seeing him on the Howard Stern show, and Howard's like. So what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up next? And hey now, and he's like, uh, yeah, I've got this. I'm in this Godzilla movie, and uh, this Trumbo thing could be 
could be really, you know, I'm very excited about this. Jay Roach, bro. This Trumbo thing. Or he did another movie with Jennifer Garner, like recently, that he was talking up, but I can't remember what it, what it was. The one with Kevin Hart was rough too. He's sad. Mm-hmm. The remake of the Untouchables or Intouchable, the Intouchables, I think. Was yeah. it the Kevin Hart one? The no, yeah. that was uh, the Upside. The Upside. The yeah. Upside. That's right. The re- yeah. The the one I'm thinking of is called. Um, Why him? No, that's the one with. It doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> it hasn't been Wakefield. Great. That's what it's called. Wakefield. Wakefield. Oh, yeah. Rough. Oof. You saw that? Yeah. I did, and it just. I love Brian Cranston. Uh, who doesn't? Uh, who doesn't? It. He has like a. I don't know how to put this. I. Everybody always says he's such a great. He's in, he's just a genuinely great guy. So I have no reason to expect or 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 think differently. He is sort of attracted to characters that suck. They're just like yeah. really terrible people, and I would assume that that's just like you know. They're interesting people and such, but the, there's especially when he's in little movies like like Wayfield is a great example because you're like this is not worth it for for me the audience and it's really not worth it for you either because this is a this is a movie that literally no one is going to see it's going to make one hundred eighty thousand dollars worldwide and stuff and it's just kind of miserable and and so it, it, you just kind of want to be like you don't have to do this anymore right you you can you're Brian Cranston you can wait for a a better movie that's small, or if you want to play this kind of character, one that is in a movie that, that people might see, you know, it's just a strange, I don't know. It's a strange thing. I just, I was very turned off by that movie and it just made me feel kind of grumpy towards him. Despite the fact that I, I love him. I don't know. Anyway, speak, but back to Trumbo real quick. Has anyone ruined better moral movies than Jay Roach the last few years? Oh my gosh, seriously. It's like, oh, great concept. Stop, oh, that's cool. That's letting him important. direct movies. I don't, I don't get it. It, yeah, it, 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 but Austin Bob, Powers. I mean, it is exactly yeah. the same thing with with Bombshell. It's like, well, it's it's a very important story. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, did you did you do any writing on this, Jay? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of relative. Well, it's kind of not. Um, yeah, not, not not great. Not great. Weird that the guy who didn't meet the Fockers isn't a, isn't the best director for Bombshell. Um, that's that's <laughs> odd. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> Honest mistake. To, Sorry. But back to Sonic. <laughs> yeah. We are big Sonic. on tangents tonight. Sorry or you're welcome. I don't know. Let's... There is, uh, I mean, let's just say we had a time machine and we could rewind time. And I said, okay, Brian, they're going to make a live action Pokemon movie. And also they're going to make a live action Sonic the Hedgehog movie with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Which one would you say makes more money? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit in in the 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 Discord. Um and I yes, I I'm with you for sure. I would have thought that Pokemon was going to be I saw the projections on Pokemon last year. I saw some some cuz we like I was researching a little for movie draft last year and there were some some outlets that were saying they thought that that Pokemon, that Detective Pikachu was going to make like a billion dollars. I thought that was too high. I didn't think it was going to be that much, but I thought it was going to be a good chunk more than what it ended up making. It ended up being like just kind of in the three hundreds, right? Like it wasn't a. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't a huge hit. And then this one, with its terrible trailer and the 
terrifying Sonic and the teeth and and all the bad buzz that that came from that, um, I would have thought this was, if not dead in the water, because its new trailer was good or at least fun. Um, it was a much better, I don't know, a much better indication of what what the movie was trying to be. Um, but yes, I I would have. I definitely would. If you would have offered me that proposition, I for sure yeah. would have put money on on the Pokemon movie. Ten times out of ten, I would have bet on Pokemon in that scenario. I mean, Pokemon, literally the biggest property ever. In, it had in, been in more any, recently relevant because of the yeah. Pokemon Go app just a couple years prior yeah. to that. And like, right, the I app is relevant. Sonic the games are relevant. The TV shows. I mean, cartoons. Like, at some point, I feel like every single kid is into Pokemon for some <laughs> length of time. I mean, I was into it in fifth grade. I missed it and, totally, but I, I'm not disputing your premise. I just yeah. I'm a weird kid. I, I well, it got big it was I was when like, I was in like fourth or fifth, like 98. It was like when it yeah. for the cartoon first hit the U.S. And the, the card game was huge. The Game Boy game had just come out. It was like a really big deal when I was, when I was younger. And then my little sister is eight years younger than me. And so when she became like five years old, she started getting into all the stuff. So I handed down all my video game stuff to her and her whole group was into it. And then my, my nephew, he's like eight years old right now. He's super into it. So it's just, it's like Ninja Turtles. I feel like every kid at some point has at least a couple months where they're, they watch Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers or like there's those properties just they're timeless in some capacity. And then going over to Japan when I was over there, I mean, it's the biggest thing ever. Gundam and Pokemon is like, it's as big as anything. It's as big as Harry Potter in the U S or any kind of thing you could star Wars, any of those types of stuff. It's just so, 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 so big. It's the biggest property in the history of entertainment is Pokemon. And I, like to your point, Richard, I haven't heard about Sonic the Hedgehog literally since probably 2001. And like when they tried to put it on Sega Dreamcast and it flopped and they're like, all right, we're done with this. And Sega went bankrupt forever. And then, and that, that was it. And then they sold it all to <laughs> Nintendo. And I guess Nintendo put the games out under the Sega licensing or whatever, but had no idea that any kid and I'm 32 years old, that anybody younger than me knew what Sonic even was. Yeah. Like, so that's what blows my mind. Part of it is, can't, it, well, there's two, two because I'm very well versed in this because of my son. Uh, the, the Sonic, the Sega stuff is on Nintendo Switch. And so if you have an, uh, okay. uh, a Nintendo Pass or whatever the, the thing is, like, I don't play, I have, we have a Switch I bought last year for, my son and my wife. My wife grew up playing. I, I've said this before. My wife grew up playing video games. I didn't. We didn't ever have a system, and I was never interested in video games. I'm still not. I, I play like FIFA at the lowest level possible because I just want to. I want to like a stress release of of beating a team like twenty to nothing. That's it. That's all I I do pretty much. But my wife was a big video game player growing up, and so I bought them a Switch so that's something that they could you know play together and and bond and all this stuff. And he he. Uh, Coop does. He 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 loves to play the various Sonic games that are available there. And then there are there are several uh, shows, some of which are old and some of which are sort of new cartoons and stuff that are on Netflix. And 
some kids Ooh. get really into that for a bit. So it, it had more, I, I fully, I completely agree with your principle. Like I, again, I, I definitely would have expected that a Pokemon movie would have made far more, uh, than, than a Sonic movie, but it does have a little bit more of, of cultural cachet than you might think. So, with so that's why they made this, right? It's, they see those streaming numbers and stuff. I'm sure. And, yeah. And, just, cool. and also just, you know, I mean, this is what we do. Me. We make, yeah, we remake, we make these kind of movies, right? There was it's, a great tweet that was like, intellectual property. Jim Carrey is in a Sonic the Hedgehog movie this weekend and somehow it's not 1994. I don't know who said that. It was someone on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It sure. makes, sure. I was, it's so dumbfounding to me. It, to me, this it's as dumbfounding as if like, all right, guys, it's 2027, and number one movie that made 90, 94 million opening weekend, Crash Bandicoot. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, oh yeah, you didn't know Crash is like the biggest thing. For, I just completely yeah. whiffed on never it, yeah. totally whiffed on it totally i mean i thought this would be successful i thought this would make 35 million or something yeah. mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. people kids would like it yeah great but i never thought it would it would be a 70 million plus thing and be the biggest shot with my uh, twisted metal movie i want to make right cool yeah the <laughs> tony hawks pro skater 2 uh <laughs> cgi movie is Animated lit <laughs> well great game but yeah, man, Sonic was so big when I was growing up. It was the biggest game, maybe. Uh, Sega Genesis was so big. Man, and I don't know if any of you guys, Brian, you said you didn't play many video games, but gosh, did you guys have the Sega Game Gear? I did. So ahead of its time. I, I, I was an awesome. That was like the only cool thing I ever had. And then I went to visit my dad once and I dropped it and it broke. <sighs> And uh, it was really, and no one cared. My the backlit screen on that thing, you could put like a regular Genesis game in there and play it. Yep. You didn't have to buy the separate cartridge like you did for the Game Boy and all that stuff. I remember playing it all the time, going back and forth to Arizona. That was a great, that was like the cool, I didn't have, I was like, Brian, I didn't really have like a, a home system, but my, my mom got me the game gear because I had to fly all the time to see my dad. And so that was like, uh, that was, you know, to get through the two hour DFW to Phoenix route. And, uh, yeah, no, that was a cool Sonic was the only game. I played a lot more Sonic than Mario, but even I, you know, I turned nine and never thought about it again. Uh, right. but yeah, no, I remember, I mean, Sonic and tails. I liked, uh, Sonic spinball, which mm. is like kind of a pinball theme. Yes. Sonic played game. that one. What's the one where you're running down? It's like, uh, in the first person. Yeah. Uh, you're like running down the, they showed it at the end credits of this and you're like running down a tunnel and it's yeah, you kind can of the go opposite like, perspective of the side scroller like, one. Th- those were like levels in the regular Sonic game. So like every mm. third level would okay. be that where you have to I definitely remember having a lot yeah. more fun with that than like the real, yeah, yeah. I remember that real tails thing. was tails was tight too. knuckles. See, I, once Knuckles was involved, that's when I was kind of graduating out of it. I love love me some Knuckles. There was a Sonic uh, t- TV show when we were younger, too, right? A cartoon yeah. show? Sure. Mm-hmm. Fox we'll Kids we'll or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That was, was big, big, man. Yeah. He was. Sonic, he was. and it was it was way cooler than Mario. That's for sure. It was, it was the cool... Like, all the cool kids around. had Sega. All the Lamos had... Yeah, <laughs> I remember being confused by that because I was... yeah. Like it was cool to have Sega, and then I went away from video games, and then I went over to my friend's house when the N sixty four came out, and mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. then like Mario came had back. taken back yeah. over and yeah, like had a forever, big you know, time. yeah. And, and then I was, was like, oh wait, this is good. Yeah. And I felt I felt very yeah. out of um, you know. 
I almost completely missed the Sega thing because uh, because most of my friends, I mean, we didn't have any money, and so for us, from like my peer group and and people I went to school with and stuff, we probably. I bet the majority of the, of of uh, my period, like they got this the Nintendo, and then like that was it. They yeah, were yeah. never getting another system. And if they didn't get the Nintendo, then their parents were saving to get them Super Nintendo. And then the Sega kind of came in and crashed the party a little bit. And it was just like a it was kind of like what re- it's kind of like iPhones now. Like what yeah. released you were on? You were like yeah. if you had the Sega, mm-hmm. that means right. you didn't get the. Super Nintendo. That's how yeah. I was. I had, totally. like we had a Sega, totally. so I never had Super Nintendo. But my yeah. friends, I looked at them right. as the rich kids. Neither yeah. one. Yeah. You know, it's just a crazy. You know. it's, it's funny how that works. I just read. I was talking to Richard about this. Uh, I don't know yesterday, yeah. the day before. I just read Console Wars, which is that's what this about. Is is the yeah. the Nintendo Sega battle in the the early to mid nineties and how that all played out and stuff. Is and Sega, it's a really was Sega Japanese book, as well? But yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Both Japanese and and. I would encourage, like, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, to the listener, I mean, the book's, a, it's pretty, it's a very long book, and it's really dry. I don't read a lot of, like, business-type books, so maybe that's just, you know, I'm just not the right audience for it, but there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there. It's just, I felt like there's a 250-page interesting book inside of an 800-page not-as-interesting yeah. book, you know? Um, but it's it's definitely worth at least like cliff noting or kind of getting the Wikipedia version. Cause it, there's a, there's a lot of interesting stuff that went into that and, and how all that played out on, on both sides for, for, yeah. for both companies. Seth Rogen has the rights to that, to yeah. make it into, yeah. he said he, he was going to make it. Yeah. yeah. He said he was going to make it into a, a TV series or like a mini okay. mini series with, he said he was developing it with Jordan, Vogt Roberts, the guy who did Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm, the director. Mm-hmm. Jordan they, Vaught Roberts. Vaught, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. V-O-G-D. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I'd be interested in that. But the last I heard, I mean, it was a couple of years ago that I heard him saying he was developing it into a TV show. So okay. maybe it'll be well, a Hulu he, thing he, he or something. He wrote the forward for the book. Yeah. So, uh, maybe Evan Goldberg, too, if I remember. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, it would be it would make for a very interesting uh, movie and potentially a TV series. It just it kind of dragged. And I'm like, I'm a slow reader. I'm not a great reader. I'm very dumb, as uh, you guys know. It just took me forever to finish the book, and I'm just I get to a point where I'm like, gosh, I'm gonna read some more of this book, and just kind of it's it, it was a slog. But it's there's interesting stuff therein for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was one more thing on the on this front before we talk specifics about this movie and get to weekly recommends and such is the Game Gear. I've never seen something eat batteries like the Game Gear in my entire... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took double A batteries, and it took like eight of them. And I'm not kidding you, it lasted for 15 minutes. You yeah. turn it on, and you play Sonic for two levels, and then it was like dead, completely <laughs> dead. Before we figured out chargeable Right, batteries. no, it wouldn't recharge it. You couldn't recharge it or anything, and... Oh, so much better than the Game Boy back in the day before the Game Boy had the backlit screen and you had to get this giant, remember this giant like magnifying glass thing you had yeah. to get on a Game Boy and it had like a light yeah. like on it and it forgot about that onto the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I still have my original Game Boy in my, uh, actually in my office right now. Loved, loved me some nice. Tetris and Kirby and all that on the Game Boy, but I digress. <laughs> all right. Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, but 
It's funny that this came out in 2020 because if this had come out in 1995, this would have been my favorite movie of my childhood without, mm. without a doubt. Like, and a Pokemon movie too would have been big for me, you know. And they did do a, a Mario movie, but we all know who that, how that turned out. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was certainly a movie that was, I guess, well past its, it's due date, but not apparently because it you know made a ton of money. But you know this this would have been the biggest thing of the nineties. I feel like if if they had had a CGI like to this level, you know, Sonic movie back in the day, mm-hmm. it would have been it's everything I wanted it to be. If I was seven, you know, and mm-hmm. my theater was full of full of kids, and I was surprised, Brian, how they none of the humor played good for the kids at all. Like really? there was almost no laughing in this entire screening and i'm not kidding it was like a sold out screening i was in and i just didn't like they enjoyed it but there was not like a laugh out loud moments that i would have expected from like a theater full of like sub seven-year-old kids like you know i thought they would laugh at every single thing sonic did and it they seemed way more into like the adventure aspect and the action than like the humor aspect of this and that just surprised me how did it play in your your screening was it laugh out loud like it was, was a pretty good going I mean, bonkers. Cooper really dug it. I will say it's a little interesting. This is not necessarily a criticism, but it just interesting. They most of the laughs in the script at least were geared towards Carrie and not Sonic. And I might have done <clears throat> the opposite of that if I was writing this script. Um because of, uh, I don't know, Jim Carrey kind of, maybe that's just personal. Jim Carrey kind of wears on me after a while at this point or, or immediately. Um, and that, so that wasn't, it. but, but Coop dug a lot of the, the Jim Carrey stuff because he, he loves, I mean, he loves physical comedy and, and just foolishness, which is all that Dr. Robotnik character was, you know, just making funny noises and that kind of stuff. But yeah, like I, I, I would probably, I, I I think there maybe could have, they could have done a better job of of gearing some of the real comedy towards the Sonic side of things rather than than you care. But yeah, look, my my screening was full and it was uh it was pretty raucous. People the the kids seemed to uh, seem to enjoy it, and uh, I saw it at the Alamo too. So maybe the adults um had some uh some libations to help them enjoy. I don't know, it, but it was it was a pretty decent theater experience. Uh, all things told, yeah, and and Coop. Coop dug it. I mean, Coop's never seen a movie that he didn't like except for Home with Jim Parsons. So I don't know. That, he I mean, he waved him like he just did care. <laughs> yeah. He's not the most discerning critic at this point. But, I love uh, that, that. He just, I love he just that he like, come like out. I know. It's so funny to me. Um, yeah, if you add every single movie that we see, you ask him, did you like that? Oh, yeah. Did you really? Yes. What's your favorite movie? And he'll say, oh, it's that movie. It's Sonic. You know, he just he's very recency biased. So he dug it. He was, he was really... He was really into favorite it. movie of all time. A kid, yeah, a kid. Right now, that, it's Sonic. In the Mulaney <laughs> special, there's that joke about yes, where the, doing Zach the kids Lunchbox. focus group, and they're like, yes, oh, yes. "What was the? Uh, what was your favorite?" Everyone says movie? Frozen. Yeah. And what was like the most recent? This is the most recent movie I've seen. So this is my favorite movie yeah. of all time. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. That's how. It a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not kidding. I was walking out of the theater. That's interesting. And a kid. It was probably four or five. I was walking with his parents, and he goes, "That's the best movie I've seen in my entire life." 
It's like, dude, I I would I miss that. Gosh, I miss just walking out and being like, that's the best movie I've seen in my entire. He's like, that was better than Frozen Two. Like, this kid is awesome. He's got the right idea, man. Just living on the edge, just loving him some Sonic. But to your point about Jim Carrey, Brian, I actually really enjoyed him in this role. I thought it was. I kept thinking to myself, I don't know who else could do that. <laughs> you know, I don't know if this script was written for anyone else. It would be shocking to me because it felt so natural to him, his sensibilities. He brought so much of himself to it. It's a weird enough character that it didn't seem like cringy old Jim Carrey trying to relive the past. Like it really felt natural to him. Like it felt like nineties Jim Carrey to me. It didn't feel like old Jim Carrey trying to be nineties Jim Carrey. It felt like this could have gone straight, straight in with Ace Ventura or any of those types of movies, the mask Mm. or those types of things, you know, it didn't, it wasn't like dumb and dumber Two, where it's just like, Oh, just stop trying to re rehash the past, you know? Yeah. I, that's a fair point. I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, I, I like this movie. I think I'm going to come out higher on it than maybe both of you guys. Um, and that's, but, but for me, there's something to the idea that yes, like, I don't know how many other people could have done this than Jim Carrey. So that's, that's a plus. I like that thought that like it, it felt genuine to the nineties, not just him trying to recapture it. Jim Carrey stresses me out greatly mm-hmm. at this point. And it, I like, like so many people that enjoyed this movie have said like, Oh, Jim Carrey's great. It was cool to see him do his thing again. And so I'm fully willing to say this is about me, not about him. I, it's not an annoyance thing. It It is full on. Like I'm stressed out when he's on screen because I feel like he is always at this point and that, that Netflix documentary probably planted this seed in my head and whatnot. But I am always worried about him when he's on screen doing his bits. I just, you know, I, one of our things like Richard and I, especially that, that we love about Tom Cruise is that Tom Cruise clearly just wants you to like him. That's like, he will do anything on screen to get people to like him. And I think Jim Carrey's the same way, but it, but it hits me differently and I don't like it. And it just, it really, it really stresses me out that like, it just seems it feels desperate, and that if I don't like it, that that he's going to be in a bad place mentally. And it, I don't know. I don't know why I can't shake that feeling, because there were points in this. This definitely is better than like, uh, whatever, Kick Ass Two or any of the other sort of funny stuff he's done in the past decade plus. You know, it it definitely feels it's better and it's more in line with what he's good at. And so I, you know, get, you have to give him credit for that, but it. It just feels to me. I was trying to explain to somebody. I can't remember. It feels like he is manic, not like he's performing manic to me. And it and mm-hmm. it just I don't know. It 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 leaves me in a it leaves me feeling very weird watching him on screen. Yeah, I I, I feel that the oh, if Sonic had made seven million dollars, I feel like yeah, we might not see him for a while, and bad things. Might mm-hmm. happen to him. Yes. I really do yes. feel like that for 100% him. Agree. Like he puts yeah. so much into this and cares so deeply about being funny and successful that he could go not vaccinate his kids or whatever, you know, in retaliation. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's 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 incredible that this worked as well as it did, and it made so much money. I'm just happy for him. I'm happy that 
he took a risk with this for sure. I don't feel like a lot of people are telling him, man, that's great. Sonic, yeah, sign, sign yourself up for that. So, you know, wait in mm-hmm. line for that to get that role. It's probably something that he had to be convinced to do on a lot of levels. And, and he went for it and, and man, it worked for me. It totally did. I was actually probably my favorite part of the movie was, was the Robotnik stuff. I wish there had been more of it. I wish there had been more interaction with him and Sonic and the other characters. I kept missing it when they would get a little bit serious and sentimental at times. I'm like, all right, just let's just have fun and laugh again. You mm-hmm. know, this mm-hmm. movie did, did try to be very sentimental at times, but for a good reason. So one of my biggest questions going into this was how are they going to adapt a, a game like Sonic into a movie for the real world? You know, because the Sonic universe is that so... answer is James Marsden. <laughs> <laughs> I love James Marsden. It always love, is. Love him. Big, been a big fan of his on the vocally on the show for a long time and didn't let me down. He, I'm just waiting for that guy to be a movie star. The Mars Den. I yeah, mean, it is. You're a huge fan. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, big, big uh, fan of the planet Mars, too. So yeah. it, it's in cool 30 seconds in to Mars, yeah, the band. The band. Right. Mm-hmm. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a third of the way to Mars for the last time. Yeah. It's it's a band name, not directions. Um was that a rock star? Yeah. Pops, pop, pop star, star never stops. That's yeah. such a great movie, man. <laughs> never <laughs> stopping, never stopping. I didn't appreciate it in the moment as much as I should have. It was like, oh that was really funny. With all their stuff. Yeah, totally. And then six months later I was still laughing about some of the jokes and that's, that's a great that's a very solid anyway. Sonic. Sonic. We had talked with I talked with our friends at Talk Sport previewing this a week or two ago, and they're like, "So is it just going to be Sonic running around catching rings? Like, I don't see how this can can translate to a movie." And uh, you know, thinking that same thing when I went into this, like, how are they going to translate this into something that's not completely weird? And so I thought the stuff of him a being an alien coming into to the earth and then using the rings as like the portal to other places. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect that. And I was wondering how they were going to bring some of those elements from the game, some of those iconic elements into this. And the fish out of water thing really worked for me here. What about you, Brian? How did yeah, you I think they the- adapted it from a, from a game into an actual movie? One, I thought it was one of the the pitfalls of uh, of a, of a I'm gonna set a super movie of a, a video game movie is that it's like you feel like you have to make the game the the movie at some point feel like the video game, and doing that usually is is dumb because it's a completely different medium. You know, it's it's it gets really. I don't know. It's thin the way that they do it. Like even that Tomb Raider movie has a sequence that like is a, it's like almost a shot for shot remake of what's in the video game that it's based on. I'm like, okay, but that doesn't matter because this is a movie, not a video game. And we don't have to do that. This one does a really good job. I thought of taking the bits from the video game and kind of putting them into the movie because I felt like it did it from a story perspective, not just as like a stunt. And I thought that was a smart, was a smart play. It's this script's not great or anything, but it's not going to win any awards. And and but it it has a little bit more pop than I yeah. than I expected. And the story isn't 
is not the thing that you're really going to be looking for. That's not the thing that you're going to walk away from a movie, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog movie talking about, but it may be the thing that helps it to the movie to be not terrible. And that's, that's a pretty big thing. And given the history of video game movies. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. The script did pop. And one thing about video game movies and the reason that a lot of them flop you know, big time flop is because you, it's hard to replicate the experience of playing a game because video games are so personal to people. Mm. It, it's, it's hard to detach somebody from the, I'm actually in this thing. I'm controlling it. It's me making the decisions. The whole personal journey aspect of gaming is what keeps people invested, keeps people involved. And so to detach yourself from that, and then be more impressed with something is very hard to do. Mm-hmm. And so for something like Assassin's Creed, which came and went, and Warcraft, things like that, you, when you remove that element of personality to it, where you are personally involved in the narrative, it, it tends to be a little bit hard to translate to the screen in a compelling way. Now, not a compelling way, a way that's more compelling than the actual experience of playing the game. Mm-hmm. Like they've said multiple times I've seen, they're trying to make call of duty into a, a movie. Right. And I was just like, that's just not a good idea. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that a movie about the call of duty universe, modern warfare, whatever they decide to do there. I don't think that can be as successful as the game or live up to the hype of what it should given the audience, because the experience of playing call of duty is so visceral, personal and interactive. And Mm. so it's, it's tough to, to translate that, but I guess Sonic is enough of a 2d side scroller that to take it out of that is just cool to see. I, you know, I liked seeing him in the 3d space. I liked seeing how they could translate his powers to the real world and, and all of that stuff. So that really impressed me, to be quite honest with you. How they adapted it into the big screen really did impress me, Brian, with the script. It mm-hmm. did pop. It was smart, I thought, in areas. It was fun, but not funny. I, I thought a lot of the yeah. jokes, like I said, didn't land like you probably want them to in this this kind of thing. But it, it certainly was a fun mm-hmm. adventure-style movie. Had some big action sequences in this, too. I didn't expect that. There was a yeah. big... It's a big chase sequence on on a, in the car, you know, in the car, the, I guess the truck thing gets cut in half, which is really fun with Robotnik. There's some some fun things with the drones. Um, there's a there's an element here where he plays baseball against himself, which I thought was fun. There's some some fun creative things that they were able to do with the powers of Sonic and the personality of Sonic that I really enjoyed. And mm-hmm. you know, I'll be the first to admit that I didn't expect didn't expect to, but I thought it was not boring and way smarter than yeah than I expected it to be. You know, and like, they involved the Olive Garden, Richard. So how could you not oh, love this that's movie? True. That's my favorite part. I wonder if uh, he's a never-ending pasta member. Oh, for sure. Well, you, yeah. if you had stuck around to the end, you would know that. <laughs> yeah, he was in fact a never-ending pasta pasta member. Did you make and it all the way through the, this? It's been a while. The since pasta you never out, ends, man. is what he says. That's, what's <laughs> that's, great. that's what's great about it. And that that well, that's what my back tat says. So <laughs> I'm glad, I'm, I will be suing for plagiarism. I didn't make. I did not make it all the way through on this. I I'm mystified. I I 
I'm with you a little bit, Brian. Uh, the Jim Carrey stuff is just, I can't, I cringe so hard. Yeah. But I cringe at the, other than Dumb and Dumber, I cringe at the old stuff now, too. I, I don't too. know why. I, I just, too, yeah. And I was the, I mean, I am the perfect age. Like, uh, I, I couldn't have been a bigger fan as a kid. And now it's like, I, I it's completely lost on me now. I, I don't get it at all. And, uh, and I don't like, I mean, I want to like, I mean, Jim Carrey's a big part of my childhood. I want, but I can't, I, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I was so uncomfortable the whole time. Not because I worried about, I just hated his performance. I just didn't, I don't like him as an actor, unfortunately now. Mm. And I didn't think, I thought the, the I might've been in a bad screen too. None of the jokes landed with any kids. And certainly not with me. And I just was like, oh, this is a huge, and I kind of went in, I, I thought this would be bad. And the, you know, with the mm-hmm. reanimation and stuff and the work they did on it. And then, then the buzz was decent on it. And I love Ben Schwartz and I like Marsden too. And, uh, you know, I, I have, I at least I'm like Pokemon. I have some passive familiarity with Sonic. And then I was just one of those things. Like we just passed what seven years doing the show. And it was mm-hmm. like, I regret every episode. Like <laughs> 10 minutes into this, I was like, I hate this. I hate, I cannot get out of oh. here fast enough. So I made it about an hour. That's funny. Hour, we had several people in, in Discord that that felt similar. There, a couple at least that were just like, "I don't understand why people <laughs> didn't hate this." So, I mean, it, you know, it's yeah. To each his own. I mean, it's just it's it was mostly just sometimes. the carry thing to me, and yeah. it just seemed like a late '90s animated movie to me. Like right. it seemed like mm-hmm. that Looney Tunes movie they made, and I don't know in a bad way. But some people that's in, in a good way. That's great. That one with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah, the Brendan Fraser one. That's what it felt like to me. Hmm. Hmm. I think that was the 2000s, wasn't it? Like 2003, maybe? Uh, maybe, yeah. But it was yeah. the late 90s, yeah. as we all know, went from 1998 to 2004. <laughs> right, right. That's how these things always work. The 60s <laughs> in music are 1964 to 1972. <laughs> yeah. They're not exact. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> so, yeah. For me, uh, just to rewind a little bit on the, on some of the trailers, and uh, in this movie, Certainly Guilty, why are we doing baby origin stories of every property we're we're, we're doing now? So we have baby baby Sonic in this one. We get we have baby SpongeBob on the way. We get baby Gru, mm, and we have yep. baby Scooby Doo this year. Like baby why Kirby coming soon? It's yeah. just like it's it's emotional terrorism. Up for this is what it is. It's just <laughs> we're just throwing cute furry yeah. things from your childhood at you and making them mm-hmm. babies and. Yeah, it's. We make a Furby movie. Let's hurry up and make that now. Make some money. Mm. Furby that's, movie would be a good idea, actually. Yeah, I'm sure somebody's thought that's of it. There's some right screenplay right foot around somewhere. Maybe First, let's Alvin. float. Let's terribly produce some crappy but catchy animated shows. This is a three part plan. Mm-hmm. Step like one: so make far, some but crappy but like uh, silly with a lot of farts and giggles. Furby show and throw it up on Netflix so a bunch of dumb four-year-olds like it. And then two years later, when they are slightly less dumb six-year-olds, we do a kind of half-live action Furby movie. And they go, oh, I love the Furbies. <laughs> two years ago, a third of my life ago, they were a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, step three, we cast Jacks. Something right. else I never thought would, would uh, resonate with kids these days, which was huge in my day, was Trolls. And that's huge. Like, yeah, 
trolls. Yeah. My my uh, my nephews and nieces are all obsessed with trolls. And Brian, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this too. Uh, on the Netflix, uh, Super Monsters, Super Baby Monsters, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, a little, yeah. It's just a it's a baby Frankenstein, a baby uh-huh. Dracula, a baby werewolf, a ba- yeah. a baby zombie, a baby. <laughs> it's weird that Tom Cruise is in it. I'll be honest. Yeah, but, it other, is. but yeah. otherwise, it, yeah, it's it's pretty. Yeah, cool. Russell Crowe's arc in that is <laughs> baby Jekyll is pretty crazy. Yeah, but yeah, man, I just uh, that occurred to me watching these trailers. I'm like, why is every what is so familiar about all these? Oh, we're we're just doing baby versions, baby prequel reboots yeah. of everything. Muppet Baby started it, so that's, did it. Uh, yeah. them to, to think and Tiny Toons, Tiny Toons, Muppet Babies mm-hmm. reboot or the Muppet Babies and well, probably both. But Muppet Babies reboot is pretty big. That looks terrible too. I saw that it's, it's like CG, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the animation's not my favorite kind of animation. Is it? Fine. Is it as good as the new Harrison Ford movie? <laughs> That's one. Ender's Game. The dog, man. The eyes just look so human, and it's that looks like. Have you seen? Like, you saw that the Sunday morning bit with? Yeah. Did, did you see when when they yeah, showed yeah. the the video of the? Of they this, show like fourteen year old boy who's pretending to be the dog. Yeah, the CGI costume and then the, on. And... Then this Sunday morning guy's like, "So it's not a real dog." And Harrison Ford's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> like with all the hate in his heart that he another can movie, summon. Another movie. It's, <laughs> it's, it's getting getting good reviews. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. It's good. I'm I'm excited for that. That's that is a cool great book. book. Great yeah. book. Yeah, I love Harrison Ford. I'd like see Harrison Ford in like a little smaller scale thing because we've only uh-huh. really seen him yeah. in big sci-fi the last few years. Here's an I idea. saw people giving some crap to Harrison Ford of like, really, you're you're Han Solo, you're Indiana Jones, and now you're doing dog movies. You're, who are you, Dennis Quaid? I'm like, well, it's not a dog movie. Call the like, Wild, Call the wild is not yeah. a, a yeah. is not the art of dancing in the rain or that or <laughs> whatever that the dog's purpose movies are or something like it's, it's a little bit different. A, yeah, it is. Give it some respect. It's like calling life of pie, a tiger movie. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. There's a little bit more to it. Yeah. Here's an idea for that. How about get a dog to be in it? <laughs> I know. Like, well, well, they're, they're so hard to work with of all the animals. They're the <laughs> most difficult. <laughs> That's the funniest part. Yeah. Like I would get it if it's like call of the wild, mm-hmm. it's Harrison Ford and a Cobra. <laughs> and, yeah, you know they gotta fight their way through this it's wilderness. Just Six him of its co-stars. Uh, <laughs> it's just him and this friendly cobra. But no, it's a dog. Like, you know where you can get dogs anywhere, and they listen pretty well. Yeah, yeah. It's part of their whole deal is that they're very trainable. That's, they're obedient. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's got it's the, yes, yes. It's got to be like a well. Oh, we just don't want to deal with uh, <laughs> the uh, dog. Is so like cartoonish and like has like wobbly know, legs and stuff. Its eyes are terribly creepy. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to laugh. Even though that movie's great, I'm going to laugh the whole way through it. Uh, yeah. So, you know, getting back to to the Sonic thing and and uh, some of the origins. Yeah, I just thought that was um, a little interesting. You, you think they flexed and put put baby Sonic in here at the last minute after baby Yoda was... <laughs> <laughs> we're like, hey, Maybe. we got four months left. To- yeah, we're already redoing this entire movie. We might <laughs> as well. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about changing this because it is well known, Brian. You mentioned it that the trailer came out originally for this, and Sonic looks terrible. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. terrible. And why did it became have a team? meme? Yeah, yeah, became a meme almost instantaneously. <laughs> and to some extent, you can embrace 
the meme a little bit, and I'm surprised they didn't have like a joke in this about that. And you know, I honestly thought there was going to be a joke too with with Sonic and uh, James Marsden's character were like riding in the car, and I thought Sonic was going to do the whole like feels like you're running at an incredible rate, like mm-hmm. uh, the Dumb and Dumber mm-hmm. joke. That would have been a yeah. funny callback, but nobody thought of that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I couldn't clear it. Yeah, the, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't reference it too. But hey, we're, we're luckily we'll get six more of these where they can do that. So yeah, they'll do they'll um they'll do that. But the trailer for the second one will definitely have a ridiculous Sonic, and they'll be like, okay, we're gonna fix it. Like, <laughs> um, and, but hey, it is and, a good thing. Like people, fans freaked out and they fixed it. So that's a good. That's good. I, I don't. Yeah, that's what I want to kind of talk about. Is this a good precedent to set where? all Twitter has to do is get mad about something for to shut an entire studio down. And mm-hmm. like well, in this example, well, it's good because it is, so. it's just so nostalgic, but mm-hmm. you know, I was talking with Shane about this yeah. and uh, you know, who, who is a paramount employee and talking about this. And, and he said, well, it didn't cost as much as it has been reported and all these types of things. And, and it's good that, the studios listen on these types of things. And I'm like, yeah, to a certain point, I agree. But also to a certain point, I don't want Twitter deciding my movies, you know, because let's be honest. Cuban right now, man. Twitter's not everybody. No. I mean, I guess it is, you know, it really, (laughs) I just logic pretzled you. So no, 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 I'm kidding. I mean, I I think they've been doing reshoots on buzz of movies forever. You know, they'll go back and reshoot things. This one was just different because it's a reanimation set of reshoots. But yeah, they, they, I mean, they, re- they redid is, the entire movie, essentially, with this. Yeah, they did the one, redid the character throughout the mm-hmm. movie. But but that's I'd re- that's fine, because they did it six months, nine months ahead of time. And uh, instead of Cats, where they did it a week after the movie came out. So I, I think that's, you know, there's things all the time where, you know, they they move things around because it tests poorly, you know, just, just like Twitter's not everyone, a test audience isn't everyone either, but you know, sometimes some, they go, Oh, I don't like that guy. He creeps me out. So they cut a key character out of the entire movie, you know? Um, so, I mean, I, I see it as kind of like that. It just got more publicity because it was public and not in a test screening, but I, I don't think it's, I think it's, the, there's some, you're right, Kent, there's some things to be worried about precedent wise, but I think the good outweighs the bad. And it, yeah, yeah, to a certain extent, but also, how about we hire people who know what the heck they're doing and can say, before a trailer comes out to millions of people, hey, this looks like crap, guys. What are we doing? You know, that's that's <laughs> yeah. my whole thing. It's like these people are paid millions yeah. of dollars a year to do this, and the fact that some thirty-five-year-old, you know, neckbeard guy that <laughs> that loves Sonic and has all the Sonic games had to say this doesn't look like Sonic for them to be like, Oh wait, you're right. Yeah, it doesn't look like, you know, totally. I mean, that's the weird thing to me is just like, what, what were we thinking with the creature design on? That? Right. I mean, it was terrifying within one second of watching that, that trailer. You're just like, Whoa, hold on. Why, why, why does Sonic have huge sharp teeth? Like that doesn't, I don't, what's going on here. It was, his eyes were like too far apart. There was to, like a weird shaped head. Right. I mean, I'll I gr- respect that they were like, okay, we're, you know what? You're right, guys. I'm sorry. We're going to go back. We'll fix it. We'll make it a better move. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was, I'm kind of with you, Kent. Like, it's not a great precedent because, it, because fanboys will ruin things. If, it, if this is, if they feel like they have the power to change movies, even in the midst of, of 
the movie being made. It's it's not a great precedent, but this was one example of like, yeah, actually that was smart to listen to what was being yeah. said and say it's we an need to change property this. and yeah. you're counting on fans of it. Yeah, sure. To make money. It's only sure. smart when you're going to lose everything if you don't yeah. do it. Because this would have made between 10 and 20 million if it totally. was the original compared to a 60 65 million, mm. you know. It made mm. me more excited to see it knowing it wasn't going to be ridiculous. But also, Shane, if you since I know you're listening to this, let's get the original OG cut to Sonic and put it out and just so everybody can go see it and make fun of it. I think that would be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, put it on the the DVD or something like that'd be cool to have that out. I would there, love to sure. see what this would have been with the creepy Sonic. Creepy Sonic cut. Hashtag release the creepy Sonic cut needs to needs to start trending now. So make it happen. Mm. So yeah, some fun fun scenes there. Uh like I said, there's a little baseball scene, there's a cowboy bar fight. That was pretty cliche, <laughs> but kind of funny at the same time. Uh, yeah, Sonic takes down the Robotnik tank was funny, and then he does the floss. That got the biggest laugh of the entire movie was a Fortnite floss reference in this. So yeah, it couldn't tells you where any, that where has ruined all sporting events. So I hate, made me hate it even more. <laughs> and then uh, I sat behind a kid recently that just flossed for all four quarters, just hoping he'd get on the joke. Never watched. <laughs> oh the yeah, game. that is awful. And flossed. Like it's some groundbreaking thing. Yeah. Be like, hold on, hold the phone. This kid's doing the floss. We need yeah. to get every camera pointed at him. <laughs> red yeah. alert. Red I alert. was just so excited he's going to have to get double hip replacement in 30 years. That's all that got me through the night. I was thinking about that guy blowing out the <laughs> hips from all the floss he did when he was a kid. Like, cool. I never saw this coming. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad because I wasn't wishing on him as a do kid. Let, I was wishing it on him as an adult. Do you let Cooper do right. the floss, Brian? No, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, beat him or something if he starts well, to yeah serious, I don't, not the worst thing <laughs> yeah. talk about setting precedents yeah that's true I, I was glad that he was um a little bit too young for the dab like i don't think he's oh, ever yeah that's not a thing really anymore and so yeah. he, he didn't he didn't do that but one time i was at a taco yeah. spot fuzzies shout out uh mm. here in the df dub and with sarah or, uh, years ago when the dab was kind of cool but not that cool because little kids were doing it and this kid was just not eating his food. His whole family was just sitting there eating, talking, and he was, I don't know, probably like seven, and just dabbing, like almost to an OCD level <laughs> for like 30 <laughs> minutes. There was no music. He just kept alternatingly dabbing, and, and his parents were just like, just, Jonathan, just mm. eat your taco salad. He's like, I will, I will. <clears throat> yeah, just got to perfect this dab real fast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, dabbing is hilarious. Can't <laughs> I dab yeah. at the wrong dabbing at the wrong times? Yeah, it is a great. It's a great yeah. bit now because it's funerals, so dumb. yeah, um, foreclosures, stuff like that will show up at just dab mm -hmm. protests, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Custody battles, right? In court. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, for the gram, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and to our point earlier of of setting the precedent on the redesign thing, I think it's only smart if it's in the studio's best interest of we're going to lose all our money if, if yeah. this doesn't change. Like in the case of Cats, maybe if they had <laughs> fixed it ahead of time, instead, like you said, and maybe like not 
creeps that's, people that's out. That's what was wrong with it. Just got kept more, kept getting more <laughs> creepy with all the changes. Like, okay, we yeah. fixed it. It's like, no, no, you didn't. You made <laughs> it should, worse. They should make it a never-ending, changing piece of art that just it didn't cost much, <laughs> where it's just always weirdly changing. It's like a living exhibit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what cats did you see? I saw August twenty twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh. oh my! It's like a it's like the Pearl Jam live collection. Yeah. the bootlegs. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was kind of that's genius, actually. Yeah. James Gordon had the the alternating white and black ears, depending <laughs> on the scene. Like, yes. <laughs> Wasn't that crazy? Yes. I saw the copy where they the entire movie, all the cat faces were Snapchat filters. And that was <laughs> it was wonderful. That was the September of twenty seventeen where that was a good vintage. Thing. Yeah. That's a good was vintage. A big, big, big player was the cat yeah. Instagram filter or Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Judy Snapchat Snapchat even wasn't even a cat filter. Hers was an old pirate. <laughs> <laughs> they messed up. That was a cool. You would bad. think the eye patch would have been a did giveaway, but, <laughs> but they didn't. <laughs> so it's just one old pirate singing with these. <laughs> just cats. really missed it. Nobody. Oh, oh. well. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I'm. That's why we're cats. That's Cats Nation. We follow them around like the dead. Collect all the collect all the bootleg tapes. Yeah. To Shane to Shane's point about about Paramount's mentality though, with that is is he's right. It is it's good it's good for them to to listen to a certain point, but at the same time, if we had listened to the internet, there would Heath Ledger would have never been the Joker. Or Michael Keaton never would have been yeah. Batman, right? So you got to have people that know what the heck they're doing uh, at the helm and then hope for the best after that. But, but yeah, I'm glad this, glad this thing turned out pretty much for the most part. I thought it was sentimental. Like I said, I liked him going, you know, to settling in his hometown and then having to go to San Fran for the big action scene. And then the way they used the rings was clever and fun. And, and let's shout out to interracial couple too. They went yeah. there with this. So it was good. Good to see and and fun funny with the the aunts there and the nephew mm-hmm. the niece and all that. That was some fun humor there, and yeah, good 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 fun fun movie. I honestly like. I'm with Richard. Like I went into this like, oh god, this is gonna this was gonna be the most torturous movie experience of my I life. I full I fully expected that, <laughs> and was, was surprised at how how well it came together and. I just kept thinking, it's like, man, if I was young, this would be my number one. It's not even close. Like, it's mm-hmm. everything I wanted oh, yeah. as a kid, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. If you got a, a young young one that's somewhat into this kind of stuff, I think they'll be they'll be very happy with this. Mm-hmm. One. But yeah. But yeah, let's uh, let's hit a grade here for Sonic the Hedgehog. So they're definitely going to do another one, right? It's going to be Sonic oh, and Tails, sure, yeah. and Sonic Tails, and Knuckles yeah. is going to be on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally. And yeah, and Dr. Robotnik wasn't bald until the very, very end. I kept waiting for that to, to happen too. The, 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 the look that I remember of Robotnik mm-hmm. with the big, big giant mustache, Eggman. Yeah. Robotnik. So yeah, I'm going to give this a, I'll give it a B plus, B plus for Sonic. What about you, Brian? Yeah, that's right where I'm at. I'm, I'm B plus, and that feels like a huge success given mm, where time. this was coming from and what I expected from it, and and all that. It was it was pleasant. It was I I enjoyed my my viewing to to a, enough of an extent that um and then you know my kid 
really dug it. So it, it kind of hit it hit the boxes that I needed it to, and and again that I I really did not expect it to, given where we uh, where we started from. But I maybe even this exact same movie, despite the fact that I think Jim Carrey is well cast, just my own personal weirdness with him at this point. I think this exact same movie would just pretty much anyone else in that role, and I might be higher on it. Just but that that he he stressed me out. So, but that's that's where I'm at. Uh, RB, what about you? F plus. <laughs> wow. Fail plus. I like it. <laughs> I like Ben Schwartz. So. Yeah. John Ralphio. All right. John Ralphio for life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's hit a quick. Weekly recommend, guys, before we get out of here. Weekly recommends. Okay, Brian. I'm going to recommend a book. Um, I'm going to stomp all over Richard's territory here uh, by going book, but I'm going to go sci-fi. That's not your territory, Richard. So it is not. You're, you're still good. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. There's a movie coming out at the end of the year called Dune that has a lot of high expectations and hopes and stuff. I've tried to read this book like three times in my life, uh, starting like in high school and stuff. And I love sci-fi and some fantasy. And this, this is kind of like the, I don't know, the, the example of the blend of those two things, like the, the preeminent example of that. And it's one of the big, but anyway, I never could do it. It's so dense and, um, just, I mean, it's there's, it's a lot to 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 get through and figure out and stuff, but because of that, I was like, okay, I've tried to read this on my own multiple times. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it in audiobook form and uh, and see if that will will help me kind of establish understanding this this uh, world and whatnot. And it helped a lot. It's a good audiobook too. It's it's well read with with uh, a couple of different readers doing different voices and stuff, and it works really well. So. I'm going to recommend Dune by uh, Frank uh, Herbert from, I don't know, like 1965 or something. I would tell you, if you are going to see this movie, knowing what we know about about Denny and knowing what we know about like how Blade Runner 2049 turned out and, um, and then just where this movie is slotted on the calendar and stuff, I would tell you that if you're planning on seeing this movie at all and you have not read the book, that you should make that a priority at some point in this next year it's a long book it's like a 22 hour read on audible um and it's really dense and and but it's very good it's really well written and it's a very interesting world and if you're going to go see this movie i think this is going to be a movie where you're going to want to have background in order to really appreciate and understand what's happening in the movie given what we've seen from Again, from Denny's movie and then previous Dune adaptations, um, I think you kind of have to have book knowledge on this one to really get what's going to happen in the movie. So uh, that's my recommend is is Dune on audiobook. Dune. Dune. Cool. I need, I'm going to probably do that one. Uh, I'm probably going to read it. I don't know if I do the audiobook because I forget stuff so much when mm. I do audio. Like I have to visualize, see, like see the name. Sure. I'm a big guy for subtitles when I watch TV shows mm-hmm. and movies. Even if I've seen the movie or no, I, I just recall information better if I hear it and see it at the same time. So I think totally. I'm going to tr- probably do it, try to read it. And if, if I can't get there, I will do the audio. But yeah, I think there, I'll I mean, there's two different schools of stuff. On that, if I you, do the yeah. audio, I think I'll be like, wait, who is that guy? Right. And all that stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Without no, like totally seeing it, physically it's, seeing it, you know? Yeah. It, it, there's two different schools of thought on that. I, I have had, I've, again, I've tried probably three different times and I just would get, you know, 50 pages in and be like, I don't know. This is so dense. I don't know what's happening and I'm not sure I'm ever going to get there. So with the movie coming out, you know, like on, I, I read a bunch, I do a lot of audiobooks through the year, but during this period of the year on uh, Fridays, I've got like eight hours of work where it's just me by myself. And so I'm like setting up and getting ready for the next day's activities and stuff. And I start a new audiobook almost every week during this like eight week period. And that was my whole thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to start this on a Friday morning. So I'm going to have at least four hours of listening by myself before I have to do anything else. And if that can't get me into this and get me to where I know what's happening and stuff, then it's just never going to happen and I'll give up. So that's why I did the audiobook, and it worked out well for me this time around. So anyway, what y'all's recommends? Yeah. Richard, you ready? Yeah, absolutely. I can do, I'm doing a book as well. It's actually a movie book that I read last week and uh it's new it just came out it got recommended to me it was in the book section in new york times and i was like "Ooh, that seems kind of cool because uh, we did an episode on this movie but there's a new movie uh, a new book out called the big goodbye have you guys heard about this at all uh-uh. so it's about um it's about 70s hollywood but it's told through um chinatown mostly it's about the making of chinatown um with Polanski and Nicholson and all that, and the the rise and fall of peak Hollywood, what they consider mm. peak Hollywood, and what that represents, both as the early stages of the noir, which which it represents, and then the actual making of the movie in the seventies. It's an awesome, really well written um, book. So highly recommend it. It is the uh, it is the big goodbye instead of the long goodbye. Get it? <laughs> A little noir detective twist there for you. Uh, for you uh, crime readers out there, but yeah, the big goodbye by Sam Wasson, I believe W S A W, pardon me, W A S S O N Wasson, and uh, yeah, it's great, great read about if you like nice. to read about. I try to read a couple because of this show. I try to read, I don't know, one or two, maybe three movie books a year, and and uh, that one was was really awesome. I recommend it to you guys and Sweet. any movie cinephile listeners out there. I recommend it as well. Nice. Also, a great episode of Star Trek. A big goodbye. <laughs> yeah. The Next Generation, by the way. It's, yeah. Season one. I still haven't started Picard yet. I need to. It's good. Yeah. I'm digging S- it. Start it. Start it. I will. Okay. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend a show that I've been watching lately. I'm on a big Gordon Ramsay kick lately. Mm. Love, love me some Gordon Ramsay, but never. And I've always seen MasterChef. I've always seen Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. But I'd never seen two two his Fuller House leaks. His arc, three episode arc on Fuller House. <laughs> no, I'm just going to see that. No, but <laughs> uh, that'd be great. He screams at <laughs> the Tanners. He's like, "Yeah, this is not how you souffle. <laughs> it's not rising. This is souffle made out of yeah. What? Please, and he just, Please Gordon. Just, yeah." <laughs> Have mercy. <laughs> wow, we just wrote an episode. Good job. So this is a fun show. It's a glorious rewatch if you guys need to go back and do it. It's Kitchen Nightmares, where he basically goes to these awful restaurants in the U.S. and just tries to make them into not terrible restaurants. And it's so entertaining. Oh, my gosh. Some of these people that run these restaurants are so delusional. 
Gordon Ramsay comes in there and they, and he's like, all right, bring me your three best dishes. And they serve him up and he just rips them to shreds and then goes in the back and just cusses out everybody. And then, and then like, sometimes he renames the restaurants to help them with marketing. So, you know, redoes the furniture, but some of these owners and managers are just so delusional that it cracks me up. I love people that are delusional. I love schadenfreude. I love watching people. I love laughing at other people's pain, you know, in a, in a sense. <laughs> and then Gordon Ramsay coming in there to like these podunk New Jersey Italian restaurants and just telling them everything they've done for the last 30 years of their life is pointless and awful. <laughs> it's so funny to me for some reason. But uh, gosh, I've the wife and I have probably watched 20 episodes in the past two weeks. Just I was sick. I had the flu and I watched a ton that day and. Oh my goodness. So freaking funny and so entertaining. Kitchen Nightmares. Get on it. It's not on anymore. I think it ended in like 2013 or something. Mm. But um, but yeah, just YouTube Kitchen Nightmares. There's a ton of full episodes on there that are uncensored. Uh, full F-bombs at each other. Like people just F-bombing Gordon Ramsay and then him F-bombing them back. It's so daggum funny. And um one of the one of the more entertaining reality shows I've seen. I can't can't believe it. It had passed me by all these years. It's so in my in my wheelhouse that that I can't believe I I, I went this long without knowing the the greatness of Kitchen Nightmare. So check that one out if you're looking for a fun dumb reality show to watch in the background or something. Just just hilarious Kitchen Nightmares. Nice. Boom. All right. Well, that that does it for a little Sonic talk. Take the kids this weekend, whether that or you can see the Call of the Wild yeah, or Raiders of the, of the Lost Bark or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and we'll we'll be back next week for that talk. We got a little listener voicemail episode coming at you. So if you want to leave us a voicemail and have your question answered by us about anything, uh, check that out, 214-308-1308 is that number. Or you can just email us a, a voice memo from your phone at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. You can email us that and we could maybe use it on the episode. So check that out and enjoy that. So we'll see you guys next time at the cinema. We'll see you VIPs later in the Discord. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.